0: Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? We at Brave Enough understand that, and that is why we have partnered with BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line. It is professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own professional therapist. BetterHelp's counselor network offers a broad range of expertise that may not be available in many areas. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Finally, BetterHelp is more affordable than offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Brave Enough show listeners will get 10% off their first month. Just visit BetterHelp.com backslash Brave enough. That's better, dot com backslash brave enough to get your 10% off your first month. Or you could just follow the link in the show notes and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health today.
1: Hi friends, welcome to the brave enough podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back or enjoy your drive and let's get authentic, real and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready.
0: In Season 2, Episode 39, Sasha interviews author and educator, Jaquelle Lane. They discuss teaching our kids to cope and combat bullying. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut.
1: Welcome to the Brave Enough Show. It's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilcutt. I'm so excited to have an amazing woman on today's show. And I want to make sure that all of you know that I have put together an amazing event for this September. And I've literally asked some of the most amazing women to spend 30 minutes teaching us and having an amazing conversation, a real life conversation that I think all women in 2020 need to hear. And I'm pulling these women together for a weekend and it's all going to be virtual. And you can get online on the summit and join in. You can listen to the recordings. You can join the live QAs. We're going to make it fun. We're going to make it encouraging and I'm inviting you to join me. So this is called the Brave Enough Elevation Summit. It's virtual, it's online, and it is literally for you. I mean, who doesn't need some encouragement, inspiration to go into 2021 better than 2020? So head on over to becomebravenuff.com and check out the summit. I really, really hope you join us. It's going to be amazing. I promise you we're having crucial real life conversations. So let's get in to today's guest. Welcome to the Brave Enough Show. I am so honored to have an amazing, amazing woman on today. And the coolest thing is she is from the state of Nebraska. So give a big shout out to uh, Midwestern, powerhouse woman here. Her name is Jaquel Lane, and she is an author. She is an artist. She's an educator. She's an advocate. She's a speaker. And I have had the privilege of getting to know her and her work and her advocacy in the last month. And I'm telling you, the minute I started reading about her and then got on the phone and talked to her, I was like, I got to have you on the Brave Enough show. So I'm really excited because she's going to be talking to us about her latest book today. And it's about something that's near and dear to my heart, as well as a mom, um, as a person who encourages and speaks to women uh, and professional uh, women who have ch- many of who have children on basically reducing bullying and, and the, you know, what bullying is and how do we talk about it and how do we talk about it to our kids and how do we redirect that? And so I'm so honored to introduce you to my friend, Jaquel today. Thank you for coming on the show.
2: Thank you so much sasha for having me it 's an absolute honor well, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you
1: you know obviously if anyone reads your bio you 're extremely educated you are extremely accomplished you 're a leader but then out of all of that came this platform and came this passion and so can you talk to us about this
2: absolutely and and thank you for that introduction i'm i'm so very humbled um, by all the kind things that you said so I mean, if I was to say in a in a short synopsis, um, if I have a mantra that I say to myself every day, when I wake up in the morning, it's that every child matters. And um, I am a teacher. I'm a sixth grade English language arts teacher, and I'll get into my path that was not, uh, I would say a common one into finding the educational profession. I kind of took uh, some different, Uh, corners and turns to get to what I believe in my mind is God's, God's vocation for my life. And um, so I have worked with a myriad of different children. And I've also worked in a myriad of different settings from alternative level three schools, to behavioral group home settings, to the public school, and also the private sector. And the one thing that I see that it doesn't matter uh, whether a child's socioeconomic status and it doesn't matter race or gender or religion, it's that a lot of them uh, need to know that they matter. And I also, unfortunately, have lost some students along the way to suicide uh, that was precipitated by bullying. And uh it's a very serious topic and one that I strive to eradicate that I strive to educate parents and teachers and mentors and community members about, uh, just this fact that our children are facing at, in my opinion, at this time in our, in our country, in our society, um, some of the most extreme forms of bullying possible. And, you know, Sasha, when you and I were younger, um, and, and I know we're both young, so I don't want to, I don't want to say that, but, um, but, uh, we feel young girl. So, yes. um, no, um, but I didn't, I mean, my first cell phone that my parents got me was when I was in high school. So I was already, and that was even, I think a flip phone or something that wasn't, but our children now have grown up with iPads. They've grown up with the internet and cyber bullying and, and social media bullying is so prevalent with these kiddos. And so, Just um, walking and educating and teaching kids and parents on ways to combat and also cope with just the daily stresses and triggers that um, all of us face, but that kiddos uh, really, really need to learn certain mechanisms to cope with so that they can be happy, healthy adults and go on to lead prosperous lives. I love, I love so much. There's so many things I want to unpack. Um, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like
1: writing all this down. Okay. I, so I know that
2: was like a lot. So, um, yeah. no, no.
1: So, you know, the one thing that has struck me is, um, as a parent, it, it, of, of children who all have devices, I've, I've experienced this. I mean, I've seen this and there's you know, the feelings that it brings up for me as a mother is fear and like a loss of control because. I, you know, when I was growing up, if someone wanted to talk to me, they had to call the kitchen phone, which was connected to the wall and had a long cord and everybody could hear what was being said, right?
2: Unless unless you had that teen line, girl, and then, you know, that teen line came along and that was tied up. You know, your parents were happy because that that was something, yeah. Yeah, the teen
1: line with the baby blue phone. My Mm -hmm, phone was powder mm -hmm. blue.
2: So so like,
1: I mean, it's crazy because now if somebody wants to get a hold of my child, whether they're an adult or whether they're, they could do it in like so many different ways that I would have no control. And the, uh, the thing that has been the most interesting for me raising kids with social media is, you know, when I was growing up, if I didn't go to a birthday, get invited to a birthday party or say a bunch of my friends went to the mall that weekend, I didn't know until somebody told me the next week at school. So I just went along my weekend, happy-go-lucky doing my thing. But my kids like they're online and they're like, oh, so-and-so went to the pool without me or so and so got invited to this slumber party, or this group is together, or I'm not. And even if there's no malintent, right? Because ninety nine percent there's not of the time there's not. It feels like there is. There's there, you know. And and even then i then I'm reading some of the comments online, um, and because I follow obviously my kids' friends and my kids, and I'm going, oh my gosh, like like that would crush me now. I can't imagine. How I would feel as a thirteen-year-old. So, what do you say first of all to the parents who are dealing with this? Because I don't even—I don't have it all to get figured out, and I'm pretty active on social media.
2: Absolutely, and um, no doubt. And you're a completely hands-on mom, which is one of the other reasons that I have the utmost respect for you and all that you do. So, so kudos to you because you are truly a superwoman. I—I um, I mean that in every sense of the word. Um, well, you touched on two things that I think oftentimes we 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 dismiss as adults, but even as adults, it's hurtful. Um, and and you touched on exclusion as one, and that is a form of bullying. I mean, um, we have a mantra that we that we've incorporated at at my school that uh, is actually be inclusive. And, you know, what it means to be inclusive and not exclusive and leaving someone out or leaving someone out of the conversation. And in more of a, you know, societal or social societal realm, like dismissing someone and leaving leaving them out and their opinion doesn't matter altogether, right? And so we as adults need to be the change makers and the leaders and really demonstrate what that looks like. Um And also to be very honest about the fact that I love that you shared that, you know, um, back, you know, back a few years ago, you and I didn't know that our friends were going to the mall without us or that someone was invited, was not invited to a party, but now it's so quick. Um, I also, you know, think that, and this is not just for, for students being good stewards of technology, but also adults is that, you know, it's very important to teach children, um, appropriate etiquette on social media and, and things of that nature at an early age, because it's very easy and we've all done it. But, you know, you write that email and then you pause and you're like, oh, my goodness, did that sound unkind or did that sound a little more abrasive than I would have liked for it to sound? Um, because it's it's very easy, you know, and we see this played out over and over again. And I always like to use celebrities as examples. It's like, they're human beings. And some of the things that people say about them on social media is devastating, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I mean, it's, it's horrific. And, and I am there, there's actually um, a speaker that I'm sure that many of uh, your viewers are familiar with that I'm a huge fan of, and that's Brene Brown. And she actually created an entire TED talk about how one of her first uh, speeches when she decided to talk about vulnerability, um, you know, individuals decided to capitalize and say these horrific things they said about how she looked and about her weight and that I think even one of the comments was you should go and, you know, kill yourself or lose 20 pounds. And it's like, oh you know, gosh. you 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 can never, um, you know, uh, you can never express, you know, to a child that's reading that, that maybe doesn't have the, the support at home, you know, because your children are so fortunate that they live in, in a loving, wonderful home, but some, some individuals aren't born into those circumstances. And so you take that and then you take other high risk factors and you can see why suicide is such a, an important and prevalent issue because people are willing to spew this hatred and this visceral, you know, out onto a platform because they're not having to say it to your face. You know, I would never, and and it's very difficult and for students or children to understand, but it's so important uh, to really hone in on that and to create an atmosphere. I believe not just relying on creating the atmosphere at home, but as As teachers or mentors or anyone that works with students on a day-to-day basis or children on a day-to-day basis to encourage that good uh, cyber stewardship from the beginning and, and, you know, and and just that, that kindness aspect of what it means to be kind Um, and and don't you feel,
1: okay. I love that you said what it, you know, this is cyber stewardship, what it means to be kind (laughs) because don't you, I mean, I'm just, I, we could talk about this forever because let me tell you, I'm going to be real honest. I'm a strong, I am a strong woman and I have a strong platform and I believe in gender equity. And along with that, there are times where I have to speak up and stand up and I try so hard to do it in a kind, respectful manner. But I have gotten attacked so many times for being too kind on social media or being seen as weak because I won't use certain language or because I don't speak in certain ways. And like I'm thinking to myself, first of all, um, If, if people knew what I really wanted to say sometimes, God bless America. God bless
2: America. You know, I have to censor
1: myself in my brain. Thank God. I mean, it is a sign of emotional intelligence to, to hit the backspace. Right. But it's amazing to me how like we have this society right now where if you're kind, you're weak.
2: Yes. Yes. And I,
1: and it's so frustrating to me because I sit there and go, okay. I'm not always kind. I make mistakes. Sometimes I snap and sometimes I let my, my, you know, anger get the best of me. And I'm very honest about that, but I'm telling you, like, it takes massive self-control to be kind
2: (laughs) online. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I think the more so, you know, um, several years ago, we wouldn't have even thought about in the public school system or, or private school system or, or whatever school system that, um, parents subscribe their children to, we wouldn't even thought about teaching social skills, right. Or, or coping skills, because that was expected to be learned at home. Um, that was something that was, you know, taught, I mean, you might need to, you know, call a child down for, you know, politeness or something like that. But nine times out of 10, there wasn't a program that was built around, social skills or coping skills. And now what we're seeing, um, in our society, and there's several different reasons for that, the breakdown of the nuclear family. and, And I could go on and on about, um, about that portion of things, but, um, you know, we're, we're seeing that those skills are just, we can't just expect kids to know them. We just simply can't and kindness. And as you said, um, is so very important in not being seen as weak. That no, you don't have to bulldoze your way through the world to get what you want. There's a way. There's a way to go about it um, in in a polite and kind way, so that you're not, you know, just knocking people down um, to get to get to what you want, which which is not what we want. To teach children, you know, we will be a very sad society if that's the case. Yes. And and I
1: love that, you know, we're talking about this because I think that there's a way that you can speak and get your point across um, and have a platform and have a voice and share truth and and be respectful um, yes. and I, I often hear people also say like, well, that's just social media or, well, that's just part of social media or, well, that's just part of leadership or that's part mm-hmm. of having a platform. And I think, you know, I, I actually, it's not <laughs> like, it doesn't have no. to be, you know no. what I mean? It doesn't, no. it really doesn't have to be. Um, and one of the things I found for myself that's helpful is like, I know not to ever post if I'm angry or emotional, or if I yes. even have that little twinge of like, yes, I want to, I don't know if this is going to land right. Cause I'm angry or I'm frustrated or I'm sad, or sometimes I'm just tired. Um, absolutely.
2: It's like absolutely. that little
1: tiny voice that says, wait, just wait, wait to post yes. wait to reply right? Like most of mine is waiting to reply. Um, Cause I don't post a lot of, I try not to post a lot of things that I, that I think are, would offend someone, but I do post things to make think people think and pay, you know, conversations. Yes, And sometimes most of the time I get, I'll get an angry reply. And instead of just replying right away, which that's my nature, like I want to do that. That's why I always say it takes strength to be kind.
2: Absolutely. And, and to, and to learn how to breathe through it or, or how you, you know, and I'll, and I'll ask you if it's okay, a, a question. So that's obviously such an amazing way to handle that situation. But where did you learn that from? I mean, was that just trial and error and you were self-taught or did you watch a mentor or a role model or your parents, you know, um, exhibit those coping skills and that's how you have them. Um, because yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And it's funny because, um, you know, I've never even thought about it until you just asked me. But um, I can tell you that when I go to send it fire off an email or when I go to respond in anger, I always have this little voice in my head. It's my mother.
2: I love it. I love it. And
1: she's saying a gentle answer turns away wrath, you know, and, and she's quoting scripture to me. And sometimes I just like go away, mom. I don't want to hear that. Like I want to respond. Um, and sometimes, you know, obviously if you are defending something that's happening where someone is being treated unjustly, that's different, right? Like you have to, that's totally different. But if you're just responding in anger, um, it, it, especially, I think, and this has been something I, I have learned. If you're in a position of power, yes, um, it can really be be felt as bullying,
2: even if you yes. are meaning for that to happen. Yes, because with great power comes great responsibility. Right mm-hmm. to to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm-hmm. And I think that we see that played out in in many many forms in leadership today. But when we get to the ground level of, you know, talking about control, that's what I see exhibited by our youth every day is that we feel small. We feel bad about ourselves. Something's going on that's negative in our home life that I don't want to talk about. My mom and my dad are fighting. They're going to get a divorce. We're losing our home. Now we're homeless. And so I'm going to bully you Mm. because that's my power. That's where my control lies. And so that is at a very, I mean, basic, fundamental ground level, right? Um, And I think that we've done a disservice um, to our children because oftentimes what I have witnessed, and once again, this is my personal opinion in working with at-risk youth uh, for almost 15 years now, um, is that we have labeled the bullier instead of giving them an opportunity to learn and to grow because a child is not born unkind. A child is not born a bully. They are taught to bully. Um, And so I'm very interested. And that's why I decided to write my book uh, from Bully to Bestie on how to change a child's life literally and get them back on track. Like what is the turning point for a person in their life that makes them turn it around and say, you know what, instead of lashing out at someone, I'm going to choose a more positive behavior. And, you know, Sasha, you and I both know people that made those decisions and it changed the trajectory of their lives forever. Mm, That one instance, that one instance. Um, And part of the passion or part of the reason, and I, I shared this with somebody the other day. And just because it's it was, it was Father's Day, I, I have to say this. I remember as a little girl, my father was a defense attorney, and he was larger than life. He was my best friend. He passed away, unfortunately, when I was 14, um, was definitely loved the Lord, and um, I'm so grateful that I had him for as long as I did. But I came home from school one day, and I said— Daddy, why does everyone at school say that you defend the bad guys? That's what I said. Mm. And he looked up at me and he said from his newspaper, and I'll never forget it because he always was reading the paper and he looked at me and he said, you know, because they're not bad guys. They're young men and women who were never given a chance, who maybe didn't have parents like your mother and I, who didn't have a mentor that took care of them or took the time And they feel like the world has given up on them. Mm. And now it's my job to see if I can help, Mm. if I can give them a second chance. And I always, you know, I think about my life and about how things played out for me. And I always thought that I wanted to be a lawyer, you know, because I wanted to be just like him. Mm. And then I had this like turning point where I was like, if I could be a teacher and I could catch that little boy or little girl and before they even got to the court system, before they'd made those decisions and those those paths had had taken the wrong turn, maybe maybe i could I could change that that kid's life forever. Mm. And that was a real I mean, for me, um, I think set the course of of my life and what I was supposed to do. that's, a, um, that's
1: amazing. That's an amazing testimony to your dad, too.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I, it's it's just.
1: I think it's, it's interesting. Well, I think it's so. I think it's so interesting that you are doing what he did in a different way.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in it, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to prevent, right, it, it from getting there. Yeah. Um. And and I did, you know, want to touch on just a little bit something that I'm that I'm very passionate about. I, I talked about the. You know, I think that in our society we've kind of labeled the bullying child, mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten, that child is really hurting the most. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the last thing that they need is to be excluded from a classroom. You know, mm-hmm. um, the last thing that they need is to be um, reprimanded or talked to in a harsh way. And I'm not just saying. You know, to let everything slide, there's definitely cases and, and scenarios that it needs to be dealt with in a, in a certain manner. But what we're seeing, unfortunately, um, in education is that children that are continually removed from the classroom, OK, over and over again, uh, for for certain behavior, we can actually follow them uh, throughout high school. And it's called the prison pipeline. And they, they actually start to believe these really negative things about themselves and so i think that pub- i really do feel like schools are are getting on board more so with a positive behavioral support and i talk about that in my book about the fact that you know um from bully to bestie can really be a guide that counselors and teachers and parents can use to set down when they see right when they see that behavior being exhibited any kind of negative behavior yeah, They can sit down with the two children and it literally gives them a discussion piece that's written in a child's language, right? To talk about what are you feeling right now? What are some ways, what are some strategies? Could we draw a picture as opposed to doing this? Could we go for a walk and get some exercise as opposed to lashing out the way that we did? Is If we try that next time, do you think that that will be, We'll have a better result for you because I guarantee you that the kid, the children that I have worked with never feel good about themselves after after it happens, after an encounter happens. And so um, it's definitely uh, it's big concepts. Right. But it's written in a child language so that it's it's accessible for them.
1: That's so awesome. And honestly, when you're talking about this, I think it applies to adults, (laughs) you know, right? Um, I think about some of the people that have bullied me online and I know they're hurting. Like I can see it. Um, and I'm not saying that it feels great to get bullied or it feels great to be on the receiving end or that we shouldn't address it, but you know that these people are hurt. They're hurting. And there's something that is, is causing them to lash out. Um, And it's really interesting because when I was listening to you talk about this um, a couple months ago or a month ago when we connected, I instantly thought of my daughter because my daughter experienced some bullying this past year. And the first thing when she told me, um, when I picked up on it, was I was so angry. Like, I was so angry at this this child. And then I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm the adult. (laughs) Like, I don't know anything about this child. I don't know anything about their home, her home life. I don't know anything about her upbringing. I don't know if she gets breakfast every day. Like, I don't know anything, you know? Um, and so coming at it from a place of like, it's really, you know, it felt like it was about my daughter, right? It felt like it was, it was all about my daughter. And certainly that's my job as a mother is to protect and, and uplift my daughter, but it wasn't about my daughter. You know, it was really about this, this child. And once we kind of went through the right process, we figured that out. Um, yeah. And so I think that it's natural to get angry and defensive as the parent or as the person who's feeling the bullying. But I think if you like realize, like, it just has helped me so much online um, with with social media kind of attacks and, and things that get flung at you is it's rarely about you.
2: Absolutely. No. And, and you're, you're 100% correct, Sasha. That And I think too, it's important to, for adults and children alike to, you know, be reminded that it's, and I tell my students every single day, you know, it's okay to disagree with or to not subscribe to what someone says or does, but there's a respectful, I think we've lost, um, in our society, uh, a bit, but, but, um, you know, and that's, that's what we're trying to do. That's why you're in the trenches doing what you do, providing positivity every day to people. Um, you know, but we've lost of the respect piece a little bit, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, it's okay that I, it's okay to not agree with someone that's okay. Not everybody, you know, that would be very, very unhealthy. Um, in my opinion, if everybody just did the same thing and everybody believed the same thing and what a boring world, right? Okay. Um, what a, what a boring world that that would, that would be because I, I really do enjoy listening to different viewpoints. And as a matter of, a fa- of fact, I mean, there are some friends that I have that are dear friends of mine And we believe totally, I mean, when it comes to certain things, they believe one thing and are very strong and opinionated in that area. And they know that I maybe don't agree with them as much in that area, but we are still able to remain respectful when it comes to those, to those uh, differences. And I think that that's really in our society, what we are lacking a little bit now of this attitude that you're either for me or you're against me. And there's no in between. And absolutely, there are situations um, where, where that, that applies. And I'm not negating that. Um, but there is, there is that respect piece that I think is so essential to teach children at a very early age, Well, at a don't very you, early and, age.
1: Yeah. And don't you feel also that you can respect someone and not like them? Let's be frank.
2: Absolutely. Let's be frank. Like there's a lot of,
1: there are a lot of, um, leaders that I have immense respect for. There are women that I have a lot of respect for. I would not want to invite them to have wine. (laughs)
2: Right. Like hang out. Yeah. (laughs) They're not my people, but I
1: respect them. I have immense respect for them and I would never... Talk poorly about them online or engage in that behavior because I have respect for who they are as a leader and who they are as a human. And I think that that we're missing that. Like, you know, and I've even had people say, um, you know, oh, I saw you give a shout out to so and so online. I didn't know you liked them. And I think it's such an interesting comment because I think, um, why do I have to like someone to respect their work? Or Absolutely. why do I have to? You assume that if I like something, I have a, I agree with everything Your that person yeah, said, yeah. or I'm their best friend. But that's yeah. that's this is talking about like respecting humans for being human, <laughs> and I, and I don't know. I just know that every time I have erred on the side of grace, I have yes. never regretted it. Um, mm-hmm. When I jump to a conclusion or I respond in a way that maybe the person deserves, but it's, I don't know the backstory. I always regret yeah. it. I always regret it. Yeah. You know?
2: Yes. It's, it's acting right. It's in the heat of the moment or it's the, it's you're letting, yeah. Anytime that I say I let, you know, my head lead instead of my heart. So, um, and also I loved, I loved what you said. I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, also a lot of individuals in our society. And I, I think that it's important to teach this to kids too. And I talk about this, um, on my, on my website. And also I, I do touch on it, um, in my book that not everyone is going to like you and that's okay. That's okay. Yes. And you have got to be able to cope with that. You know, I, I, have got to be able to cope with the fact that I am not everybody's flavor, Sasha, you know what I mean? I mean, I I have people that really love me, you know, and I am so grateful for that. But I, I think it's important to teach kids, you know, and that I will be honest. I think that that came in the era, which I think that you and I might have gotten in a little bit on that, but not as much. Of uh, this idea that, and I certainly don't want to offend anyone, but the kind of era of everyone gets a trophy and everyone's perfect and yes, every and right. and of course and of course uh, of course and I, I back that up by saying that goes without saying and yes I I do think that every child um, excels in their own way and that God gives us these talents that we are all meant to use right um, but not everyone is going to like you and I've seen a lot of people waste their potential trying to make other people happy or trying to make someone like them that's never going to like them. And I see it a lot in the classroom, Um, you know, especially and maybe it's just because boys are a little bit different, but little girls because I teach middle school, um, you know, it's like they will really hone in on and I don't know if that's human nature or what it is, but I also see that played out in adult lives as well. You know, you kind of fixate on why doesn't that person like me? I'm going to try to win them over and I and I'm going to, you know, do all this stuff. And, and it's like in the end, it's really, truly it's truly wasted energy because, you know, they they they're just not they're not in your tribe. And that's OK. Not everybody is going to be um, is not going to like you. And that's OK. And that's OK. I know. And
1: it's funny because I have to st- I still have to work on that.
2: Like I, that's something I, I still have too. to work on.
1: And I don't think, I think it's just human nature that we want to be liked, but we have to remember that that's, you know, one thing I always talk about in the book that I wrote is you, the more you want to be liked, the less you're going to be yourself. Yeah. And you're going to find that you're a chameleon and you're changing to every situation and that is a life-saving skill at times. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been times where I've had to like totally pivot to
0: yes. survive,
1: right? Yes. <laughs> like an environment. Yes. right. But, right. Um, but I think it can get easily confused for the norm. And the more you are authentic who you are, the more you're gonna not be everybody's cup of tea. And that doesn't mean that you're rude or it doesn't mean that you are rude or it does not mean that you You have to be mean, or that doesn't mean that you, you know, being authentic means just being disrespectful. It just means that you're expressing your authentic talents and who you are from your head to your fingertips. And when that happens, not everyone's going to get on board with you. Um, but that's where internal pieces, you know, like I, I know there's a couple times a year where I get to just be in my element and I just get to be a hundred percent Sasha. And those times I can count on both hands where I'm around people that I, uh, my tribe or my family that I feel so at peace. Right. Um, and, and I think that that's like the unfettered truth is that being authentic means that you're not going to have Um, everybody's not going to love you, but you're going to have, you're going to have such peace there. So I love so many great things that we talked about. We just could keep talking forever. Um, (laughs) But um, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. And I want to thank you for using your voice as a positive message and for thinking of those marginalized people and for thinking of the people that are hurting and the bullies, you know, very, it'd be very easy to, to, to look the people only being bullied, but not the people doing the bullying. And you've done the work and put in the time and expertise and wrote this wonderful book. So tell us for people listening, where can they get the book? Where can they follow you? Give us the information.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I second that, Sasha. You know that I just admire you so very much. And I'm so very grateful um, to be here today. So From Bully to Bestie is you can absolutely find out more about my platform, Every Child Matters, Preventing Teenage Suicide and Reducing Bullying on jackelllane.com. And I do have a very unique name. So that's J-A-C-Q-E-L-L-E-L-A-N-E.com there is no you after the Q and I am an English teacher. So I always joke my kids, you know, it goes against the standards of English rule, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's just always a conversational piece. My mother is a very creative individual. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's com, and you can purchase the book directly. And, learn more about the the efforts that i'm trying to do to shed light on this on this very serious issue of pre- preventing teenage suicide and youth suicide and reducing bullying and then also um it's available for a kindle download on amazon.com um, as well, and I'm also awesome. on Facebook um, and Instagram from Bully to Bestie um, as well. So, uh, yeah, I would love it if if you would check it out and check the check my platform out.
1: Yes, and I love that we're sending people to you because I know everyone's going to want to go there. So, thank you again for coming on, and I can't wait until we can share a cup of coffee in real life, and hopefully that will be soon um, in our future.
2: Amen. And, I have and, I have hope. Yes. yes. Amen. I would love that. Well, th-
1: for those of you listening today, thank you for tuning into the show. And I hope that we've given you some insight into respectful online stewardship and cyberbullying and how to handle that and how to process it and how to handle it when you face it. Um, and as always, live brave.
0: This episode has been sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Visit BetterHelp.com backslash Brave Enough and receive 10% off your first month. This has been an HSG production.